So if you weren't here last week, um, you, you missed what was a very emotional service. And uh, last week, uh, before the service, um, myself and, and Rob, we went to uh, visit with Dale. And um, when I was in there early, the doctor came in and, and gave some uh, really difficult news. And um, from there, we, we had our service, which um, they got to watch in the ICU waiting room on FaceTime, just to watch you all pray for, for him. And uh, for me, it was a very emotional morning. And I'm not a very emotional guy, but it was a very emotional morning. And uh, the Lord just sort of spoke to us that uh, we needed to move forward that day. And so the elders of the church, we, we went to the hospital and literally I met with Diane and I knelt before her and I told her I felt like the Lord wanted us to install Dale as an elder. She just wept and said, yes, yes, yes. And so we proceeded with a group of about 20-some people. It felt like 30 or 40. Uh, If you've ever been in the ICU, we had to shut the glass door. Uh, But we were piled in there, and we took some wool, and we prayed over Dale and anointed him as an elder of the church. And uh, I want you to hear that because I was struggling internally coming into this week with celebrating Eldership and having to also, you know, know that one of our elders is on life support right now. So the culmination of that event was his sister singing a rendition of Amazing Grace that, I mean, it just evaporated all the flesh in the building in a sense of the spirit totally encompassed the building. It was the most beautiful song just about I think I've ever heard. And uh, it just culminated in a beautiful time. And so last Sunday, we had an installation service in the ICU for Dale. So uh, uh, that we are excited about. And as much as we're able, the way I, the best way I could say the way that day was, was it was difficult, but good. You know, I never pictured being there, but it was difficult, but good. So the update on Dale right now is that there's really no substantial update. Um, There's there's not been anything major that has changed, so please continue to pray. Um, One thing I want you to think about moving forward is uh, who got the email about gift cards? We'll just see how effective. Okay, so not even half. Okay, so if you're not on the email chain or you haven't checked it, please do. What we ask is that you would get a gift card for something like Harris Teeter or a, a Target or you know some food place nearby because Diane has been and her family really been in that hospital day after day. And so if you did that, we just want you to know at the end of the service, you can come by and you can stick those cards in here and you can continue to bring them by the office if you want to do so as well or feel free to take them personally in to do that. It's just a small way that we can come alongside of that family. Looking forward past today, before I get into my short message, uh, we have a Tenebrae service coming up, uh, sort of like a Good Friday service, and it starts at 7.30, and we want to encourage everyone to come. 
It is a very, if in a sense, it is the uh, the yin and the yang of Good Friday and Sunday. It's the the difficult with the good that culminates, and you can't have one without the other. It is just a beautiful thing to to bring both sides of the cross and the resurrection and to run fully into that. So that's what we're going to do, and we just pray that you would put that on your calendar and and intend to, to be there, and especially bring someone else to it. Would you just bow with me in prayer, please? Lord, as a congregation, we just come before you, and we once again lift up Dale. Lord, we love him. Lord, he uh, is a friend and a brother. And Lord, we still say, Lord, either wake him up or take him home. Lord, would you do a good work in his life, we pray. God, right now, Lord, I pray for comfort for the family. Lord, I pray that they would sense, very much like last Sunday, that they would sense your presence even as they wait and wait and wait. But God, we know that this life on earth is but a glimpse. It's a, just but a fraction of eternity. And so, Lord, we entrust everything into your hands and just say, your will be done. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to very briefly give you an overview of eldership. So we're going to be installing elders, and that's going to be a part of what we do. But I want to just generally say that uh, there's a couple things I want you to know. The first is that there is a qualifi- there are qualifications for elders found in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1. Uh, it sort of says, like, must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, gentle, uncontentious, Free from the love of money, not fun of sordid gain. Who wants to be in all this list here? A good manager of his household, one who has his children under control with dignity, not a new convert, one who has good reputation outside the church, above reproach is God's steward, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, loving what is good, just, and devout. Whew! I think I'm going to quit my job as of right now. And the beauty of this, it doesn't mean perfection. It means consistency and dependency on Jesus Christ. Jesus fulfills all those things. But uh, I have this saying for, um, I have this saying is that everyone should attain to qualify to be an elder. I, I, I tongue-in-cheek sort of laughed at this, but we should all have in our sense of, you know, every man in this room should be like, you know, even if God's not called me to be an elder, I want to be that person because God says this is something that he looks to for leadership. And so a lot of people will run away from those qualifications and go, well, I don't really live up to that, but that's sort of a scapegoat. That's just sort of an easy way out to take away. And so if, if you look at these things and you study eldership, it's not a bad thing to go, what area there is a weakness in my life? You know, what, what area do I have to, to work on? And so uh, I stand for a group of people that aren't perfect in all these things, but are growing in sanctification and becoming more holy 
through it. So those are the qualifications of an elder. And again, please study for yourself. The next is the function of an elder. There is no higher court of appeals in the church than eldership. God has given it as a primary function for elders to serve, to manage, and lead the church. This includes a number of specific duties. One which is as overseer is what the word actually means. Elders are to determine church policy. It's found in Acts 15. Oversee the church, Acts 20. Ordain others, 1 Timothy chapter 4. They are to rule, teach, and preach, 1 Timothy 5, 17. Exhort and refute, Titus 1. And act as shepherds, setting an example for all, 1 Peter chapter 5. So um, the functions of an elder are all those things. Um, These responsibilities put elders at the core of the New Testament church work. So you got to think of Old Testament ways. Um, There was sort of one person in charge. There's this thing. Remember, in the Old Testament, the people wanted a king, right? And they got Saul. And that didn't work out so good. And then they got David. And that worked out okay. And so ultimately, the king came, the ruler, the head elder of the church, and that was Jesus Christ. But I want to give just a quick qualifier. Many of you might have come from a history where there was congregational rule. So every decision in the church was based on a congregational vote. That is not an elder-led church, and it's not found in Scripture. Uh, And if you're you're curious about that and want to talk more, feel free to reach out. But that way... um, the elders are called to be servants. Not a, we're not at the top of the triangle. Frankly, we're an inverted triangle. We're at the bottom of the triangle. We're called to serve the church and make decisions that are best for the church. A plurality of elders keeps one person from looking out for their own means. We've seen that before, haven't we? Not just in church history, but political history. People tend, when they are have all rule, they tend to make rules and things that benefit them. So that is a function of an elder to have that. So the office of the elder is, uh, again, it is one that is a, a big name, but it covers everything. So pastor is mentioned once or twice in the New Testament. It's all it's mentioned. Overseer, elder slash overseer is the, is the title for an elder. And so you can have an elder who is a pastor. You can have an elder who is uh, non-staff. You can have an elder who uh, their title might be other things. But ultimately, all those are elders of the church. The giftings are more spoken towards when it comes to titles. So culturally, we have taken on that we name people pastors for certain things. But the overarching name is elder. And I don't have time to unpack that a ton, but I just wanted to make sure that it is clear. Um, lastly is that, and I've mentioned to it a little bit there, you have the plurality of elders, not just one. You know, and that is where we see, I think, a difference in the health of a church. We get wisdom from different giftings. We have different people. We have different Uh, strengths that come on board and the more strengths you have on board it totally uh, helps negate a lot of person's weaknesses 
So plurality doesn't mean that um, all these people come on and they're type A leaders and they're going to do this. Plurality means they have qualified in Scripture to be that. They have been recognized by elders of the church. They have been put through a process, which we have put these two men through a process and and also their wives in, in times of interview that we have put them through a process and we put it out to the congregation for feedback and we've responded to that and we want to continue to do that thing. But ultimately at the end, once we've gone through that process, we get to where we are today and that's the installation of elders. And so I'm very excited to do that. Uh, I'm asking Pastor Todd to come up here this Wednesday, if you can look into the life of the things that go through our minds, I sat up in, the, uh, in our elder meeting and I said, I am still struggling with how we do today. It's just struggle. We did, it was good on Sunday to have our friend be a, an elder of the church. And uh, then Todd brought up something, which I, I'm going to let him share with you. You're right behind me. There you are. Uh, so we're just get, let him share with you so you can get understand where we were. Yeah, it was difficult. You know, I mean, we, we care and love uh, Dale and his family immensely. And so how do you, how do you move forward and kind of give and do, do justice to that relationship? But, um, you know, so I shared with Eric and, and uh, Rob I said, you know, back in the fall, you know, many of you know, we were, there were a lot of things in the midst of change as the Elder Advisory Council was, was really helping to kind of navigate some of the changes, growing some of the things. We're, we're now seeing some of the benefit and God really work in those ways now. So well, we get to experience that. And um, I, I'll be 100% honest with you, I, I was worn out and exhausted in that process and just it felt insurmountable. In certain times, and uh, one of the things is I, I asked. Um, uh, we we put in, a, in in place an ad hoc financial committee that would begin kind of helping to shape, eventually handing things over to our now in place finance team. And so I asked Dale, would he be willing? Would you be willing to kind of help me out in that? And um, you know, if you know Dale, and, and you can probably hear his voice in your head when he says this, he goes, "Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm here to help." I'm not here to get in your way. And I'm just here to make sure that things keep moving forward because we need to grow. We need to grow and we need to keep going in the right direction and this is just a necessary part. And, and that was just such an encouragement. And now those, those words have, have just continued to resonate for me. And, and the value, I mean, they were valuable then, but that value has increased exponentially at this point. And it was, again, the same response when I asked him to, to be on the board. Absolutely. I'm here to, to make sure that, that we keep moving forward. And I just want to see things grow, and I don't want to get in the way. And it just embodied that servant mindset that you need in an elder, that it isn't about positioning at the top. And I think that that has been so misconstrued in our society, and we've seen it happen in the wrong way so many times. But again realizing that an elder is here to serve. We're here for the entire body. Um, and, and that's an immense calling to have put in place. And so I just, you guys needed to hear those words and know Dale's heart in that. Um, that's right. So as you can get a feel, we're, we're 
This morning is somewhat informal, but this is a formal deal. Uh, we just want to bring uh, these two gentlemen up and their wives uh, one at a time. And first, let me ask uh, Tim and Renee Leahy to come up, if you will. And since neither love being in the spotlight, I'm going to put them right in the center. The other day, I asked, uh, asked Tim and Austin to put together just a, a brief bio of education, accomplishments, and frankly, as I began to read through Tim's, I realized we don't have a long enough service to include all his areas of service to the Lord. It's really a testimony to, um, to his love of the Lord and to his service, but just some highlights. Uh, he and Renee have been married since 1990, uh, 1988, sorry, 30 years. They have five children and three grandchildren. Uh, Tim was born again in 1993. He has served in many different capacities, but some of the highlights are as youth pastor. He has served as associate pastor and interim pastor. Uh, he also was ordained by the Southern Baptist Conference uh, in 2003. He has co-directed Celebrate Recovery, uh, a group of, of, of people in recovery, which is dear to me. And he is currently the director and founder of Reach Evangelistic Association. And if you spend more than five minutes with Tim, he will have you in a conversation with Jesus and ask if you know him. So if, you, if you've been in one of his classes, you know that his heart and his passion is for those to know the love and grace of Jesus Christ, the Savior. So uh, we love you, brother. We're just glad to have you on board. Can I invite Austin and Kelsey up? Now these two, you may know a little more intimately just because they've been here a little longer and we've watched both of them grow together as they've grown up, which is kind of a neat thing. Um, they've been married since 2017 and they are expecting their first baby Jude. We're asking Jude to hold off at least for 20 minutes because... <laughs> uh, that would be an awesome installation right there. <laughs> but we're going to forego that and just ask the nurses to stand by for us. So um, Austin, Austin has been involved in uh, study and ministry at Liberty University where he led worship teams. He, he, he came home. He's an Eastern Shore boy at, at heart. And uh, he came home and began an internship here in 2016. He had no idea what that involved but just his willingness to sign up and say, I'm, I'm open. And I would say in the last three years, he has been open to do everything he's been asked, and he's done it well. He also has led worship teams. He has, uh, he's currently, along with Kelsey, leading the 714 ministry here at Oasis of young people. And he is also currently leading our worship team. The one thing I just, as a personal note, I want to mention uh, for this young man we watched, him, we watched him grow through a tumultuous time in his family as a teenager. And those were the first signs to us that this young man was, was able to and willing to rise above his circumstances 
to seek the Lord. And I would say this is probably true for both of our inductees here. There's a quote from Martin Luther King, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. And these two men have demonstrated a willingness to serve the Lord and to serve the people, God's people. So we're just excited to have them on board. Now, I would like to ask you a couple of questions, and hopefully these answers will be I will. And if not, we'll just pray more for you, and we'll go from there. <laughs> so they don't, know these are, they don't know these are coming, but I think they're ready. They've shown they're ready. Do you commit to walk with integrity and authenticity, continually developing the character of Jesus in your life, living a life above reproach? Do you commit to let your first ministry to be to your wife and your family? Do you commit to handle money wisely with integrity, practice biblical tithing, and to not use ministry for personal gain? Do you commit to be a serious student of the Word of God, always remembering to find Jesus in the Word? Do you commit to love people with a pure heart and to serve them as Christ did? And finally, do you commit today of the call of God on your life as elder in Oasis Church and to serve in that calling? And I will also ask Renee and Kelsey, do you today commit to the ministry of your husband to love and support him through this good work. Thank you. Can we have some who know them even more closely? We're going to pray as a congregation for them, but we'd like to ask some who would like to come up and join us laying hands on them to please do. The prayers of this congregation for these people um, we can tell you that they are now entering into a place of spiritual warfare. As they have committed to serving God at, at, in this place, they are opening their lives up uh, to, to an, a more intense scrutiny from the enemy. So they need your prayers to help them to persevere, not just today, but going forward. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you have ordained this day and this time. We thank you that you have already appointed these men. We are just recognizing the good work that they have, they have been about doing and the good work that they will do. So Lord, we support your calling. We entrust them to the name of Jesus Christ and to his blood and his mercy and his grace and to his power to perform the good works that you have prepared before him, that they should walk in them. We ask you to sanctify their minds and their hearts. We ask you to clothe them in your righteousness as they make decisions. And we ask you to guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as they minister first to their wives and families, then to the people of Oasis and also to the, to the, outer, the outer works, the outer skirts of Judea, Lord, even this greater area. Use their ministry to have an impact on the name and the ministry of Jesus Christ, our Lord, in Easton and Talbot and beyond. Father, thank you for these men and their wives. 
In Jesus' name, amen. amen.